I need to know what's going on in this. I need to know who owns this house because there's something wrong with this house and I want to solve their problem. So figuring out who owns the property, finding them on Facebook. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Sarah Larby, and today's guest is Taylor Sears and Jeremy Ivany, who are super successful, and they're only 23 and 24 with over 15 properties at that age, and they started when they were 20, which is awesome. So we're going to learn a lot from today's podcast and this amazing couple, they've actually been able to scale and be able to use creative financing by borrowing friends and family to grow their portfolios. And all of this began when Jeremy lived in Western Canada and was renting a room for from an investor, another investor. And he was just 21. He quickly started to calculate, obviously, how much money this investor was making and realized the potential and uh, look at them today, just a few years later. They do a lot of JVs, joint ventures, um, vendor takebacks, working with credit unions, and a ton more. So we're going to learn a lot in today's podcast. They've used the birth strategy. Picking the right markets is also going to be something that we've discussed and a ton more. So I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. And again, if you are interested in networking and coming out to a live event, October 6th, in the evening, send me a message, sarah at sarahlarby.com. We are going to have a ton of great real estate content. We have a comedian as well that is going to be performing food, drinks, networking, and so much more. So send me an email if you're interested in some more information about that, sarah at sarahlarby.com. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Jeremy, Taylor, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Good how are you, you doing? Good, good. I'm excited to have the both of you on. You've done so much inspirational things in real estate investing, and I think there's time on your side, which which mm -hmm. is awesome. So you, I think you'll do uh, you'll do plenty more. But for uh, for those that may not know who you know, Jeremy and Taylor, your background and how you got started into real estate. Maybe you can get start there and give us a little bit of uh, of that background. Yeah, for sure. So okay. Taylor, myself, Taylor's 23, and I'm 24. We got started in real estate just over 20 months ago. And today we've purchased 15 properties and we've got a couple more closing in, in the next few weeks here. So we've really scaled our portfolio quite quickly. We, we really got interested in real estate um, really through Bigger Pockets podcast. And then from there kind of spiraled on to obviously going up to meetups, meeting other investors and seeing other people who were able to retire from real estate. So really early on in our life, we were inspired about, you know, obviously coming up to this point where, hey, we can just kind of live off of passive income and Really, once we found out about that, we just hit the ground running and never looked back. Very cool. I wish I started that early. So <laughs> when did you actually buy your first investment property? So it was 2019, uh, end of June, 2019. Yeah. Okay. And, and how old were you guys then? 21. Nice. Yeah. So. Awesome. That, that is cool. So, so did anybody prior to listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast you know, talk to you about, about investing in real estate or was it strictly you started Googling some podcasts? Like how did, how did the trigger, even the thought of, uh, of this start about? Yeah, well, I guess it was from me. Cause when I was 18, I moved out West and I lived in a home with a bunch of guys who were working on the oil sands and our landlord owned like five properties on the street. And we were, you know, he was just renting out rooms to everybody working on these job sites. 
And we were paying anywhere from, you know, 800 to a thousand bucks a room. And I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands. I just moved out there alone. So I couldn't help but think like this guy was making a lot of money just from owning these properties. So then, you know, we kind of got into conversation about that. And then I learned, you know, obviously he was a big real estate investor and he was only 21 at the time um, and was really close to basically being able to retire uh, and, you know, kind of just live off of passive income. But then, you know, as the years went on, basically up till we were about 20, it was, it wasn't really in the back of our head, but we did purchase a single family residence uh, when we were 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. And we kind of did, you know, the Burr model on that. We went in there, it was a, it was a house that needed a lot of work. Uh, we went in there, renovated the property and really we're be we were able to raise the value. I mean, from purchase price to sale price double, which was really a light bulb moment for us. Like, Hey, we can, you know, go work 2000 hours each a year and make $80,000 or we can, you know, flip a house or whatever and make $80,000, you know, and by doing a lot less work. So it was definitely a light bulb moment for us. Yeah, I'm gonna say we, I wasn't really on board at that point. Uh, like we had bought our first house and it needed work because that's basically what we could afford at that point. Um, and then we had done the refi at the same time we did the refi, we went to OREC um, in London. And, and that was like, at that point for me, I was like, I don't want to spend $250 on like this real estate course. And then we went together and it was great. And that's where I really got on board. And then we used that money to get our first two duplexes. Very cool. And and how long did it take you? So I guess it just took you, you know, three, four years, not even to, to get to your 15. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you scale up so quickly? Uh, so last, I guess in 2019, when we bought our first one, we bought two dupe. I, we were trying to purchase a property in London and we, we just weren't able to, I mean, the market was really hot, obviously being new investors, we weren't, we weren't savvy. We didn't see opportunities that maybe some of the experienced investors saw. So I went to a meetup one night and I met some investors who invested in Chatham. Honestly, that night I went on realtor.ca. I saw a couple of duplexes in Chatham, drove down the next day and we got them both under contract. And that's honestly how it started. And then from there, you know, we kind of are, maybe I shouldn't speak for Taylor, but I thought I was a hero because I just bought <laughs> two properties. So then we bought another property, not even really realizing like, Hey, we don't even have money to purchase this property. And we went firm on it, everything. So then we kind of had to get creative there. Like, you know, how are we going to come up with the down payment? How are we going to come up with the renovation money? Cause the property we purchased needed a lot of money. And that's, then we, then we realized like, this is very scalable. It's not, you know, it's not obviously not rocket science. I mean, all you really need is a property that, you know, has potential to raise the value and you need to basically be able to figure out how to come up with this down payment and close on it. So from then on, we just kind of hit the ground running and Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So how, so I'm just curious. I mean, I feel like this is the obvious next question. How did you come up with the money for that third property? So we borrowed money from our family actually. And the funny thing was, is we thought we could borrow money as down for down payments. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Scotiabank did not like that. <laughs> so then we thought we were, we were geniuses. We're like, Hey, you know, we got some money from our, from our parents. It's super cheap interest rates. This is amazing. And then, you know, we showed it to our mortgage broker and she was like, uh, that's not going to fly. So then really what we had to do is we just had to kind of prolong, uh, you know, when we were going to show them proof of our down payment, just so that it was seasoned in our bank account. And that's really how we were get it, able to get around that uh, particular hurdle. 
Yeah, because not all lenders, it depends on the, on the lenders. And I just want to take a step back to explain so everyone's on the same page. Not all lenders will look at gifted money or, you know, parents' money as a form of down payment. Some do, some don't, right? So, so what you're saying when you're talking about it being vested is if it's in your account for a certain amount of time, it you know, if the bank asks you to go back 30, 45 days, 60 days, 90 days or, or whatnot, um, you know, at some point it becomes your money, quote unquote. Uh, in, in their eyes for for the down payment. And, and technically you could probably use your HELOCs for your down payment, which I'm sure a lot of, of people do. And, and maybe you, you guys, you know, did that down the road, but um, can I ask it? So you were both working full-time jobs at the time? Yeah. And, and what about today? No. So I do real estate full-time. Taylor still works her, uh, her full-time job. Yeah. But our first few properties, I was always part-time. I was always part-time until just recently. I was in university still and Jeremy did trade. So he was working. Yeah. There's never been a time where Taylor and I, my, myself have ever had a full-time job at the same period of time. Even when I quit my full-time day job, Taylor was only working part-time, but I just saw this opportunity. It's like, okay, if I focus 40 hours a week, instead of just mm-hmm. 20 hours every night and on the weekends, like we can really pump this thing up and grow an aggressive portfolio. And that's exactly what we've done. Like since I've quit my day job, we've purchased, well, we've purchased more properties than, than we did with, with a full-time day job. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's just that security mindset where you're like, Hey, I need this income coming in every week. But then I I was always thinking, okay, how much more money can I make? You know, when I'm not just, you know, working hourly for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to think about it. I mean, did your, friends and your family think that you were crazy when you decided to just go ahead and do that instead of, of working the J-O-B life. Absolutely. You know, and we'll, we'll, so, so maybe if you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing some of the, maybe the comments or the feedback, I mean, of course they mean well, um, but what are some of the things that you, that you got from them? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, my parents, my parents were on board with it because uh, well, they, they raised me and they raised me kind of the way that I am. Like be ambitious, go for your goals. But uh, Taylor's parents parents are definitely more uh, conservative. conservative, like Taylor's dad's an accountant. So it's always numbers in his head. So, um, but even when I quit my full-time day job, like I got laid off when COVID hit um, and it was just for a short period of time, but then I was able to, you know, be on site every day, work on the renovations, find off-market deals, all that sort of stuff. And then when I got called back to work without even really having a conversation with Taylor, like, mm-hmm. what should we do? I, like my boss called me and I said, I, I'm not coming back because it's just, it just doesn't make sense. There's, there's so much more opportunity out there. And regardless of, you know, if we stop buying properties, there's always endless opportunities where, you know, we can start our own business. Like there's a lot more other avenues where I'm going to feel a lot more fulfilled than just grinding it for somebody else's. Well-being. You guys are true entrepreneurs <laughs> with that true entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset. That's, that's awesome. I love it. So did at any point in time, um, because 15 is a lot, right? So I don't know, do you own them all, you know, personally, just the both of you or, or at some point did you start bringing in joint ventures? Yeah, so. Yeah, we did our first seven personally and then we were starting to get maxed out. Jeremy, Jeremy was kind of the main one qualifying because he was full-time and I was part-time. And then um, it's obviously he didn't have his <laughs> COVID. Everybody laid off and yeah. the bank started getting very strict. So we kind of... I also actually started doing coaching with Sarah Etter. Um, so that kind of also made us pivot a little bit. So yeah, we started, I started doing coaching with Sarah Etter. You got laid off and then we started kind of focusing on joint ventures. So we've done four, five, five, five with joint ventures. Um, the rest are personal. So we kind of have a combination of both right now. Yeah. And then from there, obviously we bought three more and then we just use create more creative uh, financing strategies. Like we've done a couple of vendor take backs. Um, 
I mean, now obviously we're able to like now, like with Libro, there's like a small commercial um, department where we're able to still purchase, you know, single family up to fourplexes where they're still going to qualify them under like some sort of commercial uh, financing where we're able to still qualify even without uh, two full-time day jobs in our yeah. portfolio cash flows really well. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been easy still to get, to get mortgages. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pause and share with you a financing tip that helped me scale my portfolio and can also help you as well. By working with Streetwise Mortgages, I took a strategic goals-based versus a transactional approach to financing and they've helped me develop a financing roadmap that aligned with my goals and gave me some crystal clear clarity on where the money will come from to grow, how to maximize my borrowing power, how to structure future deals and avoid some costly mistakes, saving me thousands along the way. The financing roadmap is complimentary for every client who works with Streetwise and also very recently, they've offered an additional summary report of the best to invest 18 Ontario markets and also a comprehensive deep dive research into a market of your choice out of those 18. I highly recommend that you take them up on that offer. If you're looking to grow your portfolio, to book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. That's cool. I mean, if, if you work with the right team and, and you know which lenders to go to at, at which point, it definitely opens lots of doors, right? And this is sometimes people make the biggest mistake by just going right directly to the banks and not knowing which banks look at what to start with. And, uh, and that's super, you know, super important for sure. What are some of the things, I mean, you know, you, you've scaled up really quickly. What are some of the things that, you know, maybe challenged you along the way or hurdles that you faced along the way? I guess... Like our, our first seven were fairly, not easy, but like we were consistent and we, we went with Scotia for, fi so financing is always stressful, but we were able to get financing. That was good. And then it was like, oh no, we don't have a job. <laughs> we want to keep buying property. So going into the joint venture and learning um, what sort of people we like to work with, what people we don't like to work with um, and setting expectations and stuff. So kind of the joint venture world was kind of a new hurdle and, and things to learn that way. And then, of course, your lovely tenants, <laughs> having some uh, tenants that um, use drugs or in, like need lots of support themselves makes it difficult. Um, but those are like things that have definitely made us have some thicker skin. Yeah, for Maybe. sure. I don't know. Like there's been times definitely where we've said like, hey, we should just step back like we have enough. And then obviously like like there's been a lot of growing pains because you know like we see deals and we're like we want to buy like everything but it's just not obtainable and you know there is like there's definitely times where we just have to say okay like let's just cool off for a couple months because like it's been I mean just growing aggressively like we like everything to be like as perfect as possible and like Taylor myself like we work on the business a lot so I mean even with doing joint ventures or taking on properties like with joint ventures and like you have these expectations to meet and you know wanting to make sure our joint ventures are happy obviously while not kicking people out on the street to, you know, meet some of these ROI expectations, things like that. Like that's been a struggle, obviously, with just trying to keep everything a balance. But yeah. other than that, we just work really hard at it and try and like, if we have an issue, we just try and solve it immediately, opposed to just kind of letting it drag on, drag on. 
So, so just curious, like the people originally that told you, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, you know, just absurd. Have they, are they still saying that, you know, or are they now seeing the, the opportunity that maybe they weren't seeing in the beginning? Well, I think even now too, like even looking back two years ago, I mean, we kind of all look like geniuses just by purchasing real estate. I mean, it's appreciated so much so that that plays a factor in it as well. I mean, arguably we could have bought the worst real estate when we started and we would still be very well off. So it's hard. It's really hard for people to argue that what we've done is wrong. Um, but of course too, I mean, like we're young, we have a lot, like it's a lot of debt that we've taken on like mortgage debt. Right. So there's always that fear I'm sure people have where, what about if interest rates go up, all this other stuff. But I mean, if you're always just going to look about like, what's my worst case scenario, then you're never going to go anywhere. You're just going to be working that, you know, $15 an hour job for the rest of your life thinking and not even really thinking like, what if COVID hits again and I don't have my job anymore. Right. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot worse outcomes then. I think people are more supportive now before they were like scared for us or like, you guys are crazy. And now if like you'll talk to family and they're like, Oh my God, that's crazy. You bought another house or like, we kind of like try to keep it on the down low, but like family will be like, so what's new? We're like, oh, we're closing on a 12 plex or like <laughs> something like that. So then, yeah. then they're like all freaked out again, but it's not like scared. It's just like, wow, that's overwhelming. And like, it's hard. I think it's hard for people to comprehend. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like even when we were at Taylor's parents a couple of weeks ago and I was just telling Taylor's dad, like, uh, or he had just asked, you know, like, what's else, what else are you guys working on? I said, oh, like we, you know, we bought a pop, a property on the water and that we're going to flip. And he's like, what do you guys like how many properties do you guys have and he didn't even know i mean he thought like we had maybe five or six properties still like he really wasn't i mean i'm sure he knew but it just didn't really um go through so i mean like it was a shocker for sure but they're all supportive now i mean at this point they have to be supportive like there's no there's no sense saying turn yeah. back now like we're <laughs> we're already in the trenches so <laughs> nice that's awesome and obviously it sounds like you've been you've been quite busy acquiring in in 2020 and 2021 how are you finding, and I know you mentioned you're, you're doing some creative things, but how are you finding, you know, deals right now in a market where, you know, there is probably a shortage like we've never seen before? Yeah. I mean, most of our deals lately have been off market. I think this quarter we did four wholesale deals and we've done, I think we've purchased four, three or four properties off market. So, and like, these are all properties we're finding. It's all about just planting seeds. I mean, anybody that we come in contact, if, if I see anything like on Facebook, on Instagram, if I know somebody that lives in Chatham where we invest, the first thing we're thinking of is like, how do we talk to you? Because I want to know who you are. And it's not just, it's the third, the first question isn't, I want to buy your property. It's, Hey, I'm an investor in Chatham. You know, maybe there's going to come a point where we both need each other. You know, let's just stay connected with each mm -hmm. other, you know, talking to property managers. We do a lot of flyering as well too. Mm -hmm. It's really, we're just doing anything and everything to get in front of people, let them know who we are and just kind of building that reputation of, we buy, we, this is the thing. We actually buy houses, right? A mm -hmm. lot of people who send out flyers that say we buy houses, don't buy houses. So we have that going for us too. And there's, I mean, this is, this is things that are coming up in the, in the media now. I, people are coming more and more aware. So we're actually able to say, look, you know, we actually own properties in this neighborhood. Yeah. We're tr what we're trying to do is improve the neighborhoods. People are more apt to, to sell to us. And it's, mm -hmm. it's been something that's worked well for, for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it sounds like flyers, just networking, connecting virtually, I guess, for, for the time being, are you doing, you know, any, any door to door or are you strictly trying like keeping this virtual right now with Facebook and connecting with people on there? How's that working? Yeah. Like we bought a property, what is it? Two weeks. We bought a property two weeks ago and this was just 
you know, driving around from property to property. And then, you know, all of a sudden I see a property with a bunch of garbage inside. The, and again, this is uh, investor instinct. I need to know what's going on in this. I need to know who owns this house because there's something wrong with this house and I want to solve their problem. So again, you know, figuring out who owns the property, finding them on Facebook and just having this like, Hey, I, it's not to be weird, but I know you own this house. And if you, if you're even interested, if you're ever thought of selling it, let me know. I actually own a house a couple doors down from you. I'd love to, you know, bring it up to its best and highest use. And that's, that's another way, even talking to property managers, like we've, we've met, you know, property managers in the community that have, and again, we're always letting people know if you bring us, if you bring us to a deal, or even, even if you just show me a property, even if I don't buy it, I'm still willing to um, compensate you. Uh, like this past weekend, a property manager showed us a couple deals and I, I just gave him 250 bucks, you know, thanks for your time. If anything like this comes up again, um, I'm more than happy to, you know, take a look at it. The first thing that came out of his mouth is, Hey, next weekend, I might have a fourplex for you to look at, right? This might've not happened if I, if I was just trying to be in this like take, take mentality. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Or you can send them an email, joel, J-O-E-L, at white elmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Good luck on your next projects. Now back to the show. That's cool. And so you're, you've offered the money just to bring you into a house that's off market. Absolutely. That is very cool. That is a great tip because it, mm -hmm. it will, you know, it'll help that wheel in their minds turn over and say, what else, 
what else can I bring Jeremy and, and Taylor to? Because even if they don't buy it, I know I'm getting something out of it. I think that's a, a great way to do it. Yeah. And like even a couple months ago, he sold us another, or he helped us find another property and we gave him a thousand bucks. And uh, funny enough, I, we would have never looked at these properties last weekend, but uh, our realtor and us, like we're, we're always back and forth communicating with each other and he's trying to help us grow. And obviously we're trying to help him grow by getting more clients and stuff. But he had just sent me a message and he said, uh, Jeremy, you're really slowing down with the off-market deals. And this would have been two weeks ago. So right away in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start messaging everybody I know. Cause I, I can't believe you just said that to me the next day we had a property under contract. And then the next weekend we were going to look at two more. Right. So it's just like, there's always opportunities out there. Sometimes we get stale, you know, we're just caught in uh, the day to day, but it's um, it's always about having these relationships. And he was happy to just show me properties because he knew I paid him money last time. And I just said, Hey, look, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to purchase these properties. I'm hopeful we're, we're going to, but if not, you know, here's money anyways, because you just took, you know, two hours out of your Saturday to come help me out. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That, that is, that is like an A plus tip right there. Love it. So, so you guys are both working on the business. How do you split, you know, who does what? I don't know if you're self-managing, but maybe, maybe Taylor, you, you can go into a little bit of how, you know, the, the real estate business gets, uh, gets shared between the both of you. Yeah. We, um, I actually just listened to Traction recently. So we've been doing weekly meetings kind of based on the Traction model. Traction is just like a book about basically a system. Like if you're a big business, how would you like run your business and have it systemized? So from that book, uh, Jeremy would be the visionary and then I would be the integrator. So Jeremy is more like, but big picture, big ideas. We should do all these things. I'm like, okay, let's be realistic. What can we do and how can we do it? Um, so we have like, we have weekly meetings and talk about those things. But in terms of like split up, we, so we use Buildium to manage our properties. So anything that's like maintenance requests, things like that, Jeremy deals with. Um, I'm like taking all the rent and if like, so some things we share. So like if, what's an example, like even like communicating with tenants, all of us, both of us are on Buildium. So both of us can respond, but it's kind of like, who's like I'm more relationship wise if there's like an issue something going on like that then I'll talk to them Jeremy's like oh the they like talking to the females <laughs> the females are yeah. nicer yeah. whatever um where then yeah if it's it's maintenance it's you um Jeremy's on the job so doing he's in Chatham every day Monday to Friday um and I'm at my job Monday to Friday so you're, you're definitely like a lot more into the renovations and maintenance. Yeah. I'm more like day to day, whereas you're more behind the scenes, you know, like yeah, setting up property taxes and utility. Like I wouldn't even know if I know how to set up utilities. <laughs> Getting the leases organized. <laughs> yeah. And then we've kind of worked on outsourcing something. So we have somebody in chat on that shows the properties for us. So I got that all organized and hired him. And now we have someone else um, that's going to be helping us with the other part of that. So instead of paying someone to like lease out of properties, we're just paying people hourly to do parts of it basically. And then we're overseeing it all. Um, so a lot of it gets taken up by property management. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, it, so, so you talked about property management. So are you, so the day-to-day, -day, the maintenance stuff goes through Buildium. Are you then sending that to somebody? Are you managing it or does your property manager have access to that? Do you have one? We don't have a property manager. So it's either Jeremy and I, we have some people that are on uh, Buildium that are handyman, so they can Got just it. go and take the request right away. Otherwise, we'll just call the plumber, electrician, or whoever it is and, and get them to go to it. 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, I self-manage my stuff as well. Like, I mean, if you, it sounds like you guys have the systems down and you just, you know, if you have a good team like that are local, like handy people and plumbers and, you know, HVAC people, like essentially that's, that's often what they'll do, right. Is, is, is direct that. So now do you live in Chatham as well? No. no. Where do you guys live? We're just about like, an hour outside of Chatham. So actually okay. we're just outside of London, which leaves us just about an hour from Chatham. Okay. So it's not like you're, you're in the area necessarily. So so when you're going there Monday to Friday, you know, maybe walk us through, it sounds like you're, you're managing some of the renos, but you know, what are some of the tasks that you're, that you're doing when you're, uh, when you're out there? Honestly, for the last year and a half, like I've been like on the job, like we've been like, and this is the crazy thing. Like I know a lot of people say you can't build a business being in the business, but for the last year and a half, like I've been in the business, like putting, like hanging drywall, you know, <laughs> running, like I'm an electrician by trade. So I naturally I want to save, you know, $65, $70 an hour by just doing it myself. It's something I can justify. So I'm, you know, doing a lot of LA electrical stuff, overseeing, you know, I'm visiting various projects when we have a lot on the go, just making sure everything's um, up to par and, you know, moving along properly. Uh, I would say, you know, once a week, I'm looking at something off market, or at least, you know, meeting with investors um, who are getting into the market, as well as too, we're doing a lot of coaching now, like I'm, we're doing a lot of coaching, um, just helping other investors kind of get started. And that's been something that's uh, definitely been taking up a lot more of my time, which is why now um, I'm stepping off of the renovation projects and, you know, really just doing more of like an oversight, um, which is naturally just going to help us grow our business more and more, which is ideally what we want to see. And, and then obviously, and with that too, like I said, like we want everything to be perfect. So, I mean, with hiring people out, things, you know, get forgotten or whatever. And, you know, it's definitely a struggle. And sometimes you think like, I'm just going to do this all myself. But at this point, it's really hard to, you know, be a one man show. I mean, it's really, it's, there's a lot on the go in, for any given day. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want to work, you know, on the business at some point and get yourself out of being in the business. For sure. So it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff on the go. Are you, are, so are you doing burrs with these? Is it multifamily? Is it singles to conversions? Like what, what types of properties are, are like your bread and butter properties? So we've done uh, our first few, or for our first two were duplexes, and then we did single family, triplex. Um, so, and then we have three fourplexes now, and we just recently closed on a twelveplex with a partner. Um, so one to four is, or we have, I guess we only have one single family, but two to four is where we have a majority of them. Um, at this point, we prefer like at least a triplex or higher. Or the, if we have, if we find a duplex or single family, we're just wholesaling them. I guess a single family will do a flip on. We are kind of interested in, we've done a lot of burrs and long-term buy and holds and we want to get some more active cap or active income coming in. So that's why we've kind of done some, are doing some more flips and coaching. Um, but yeah, burr model, like we're hopefully ideally doing the burr model on this 12 plex um, and going to do some work on that and then refinance within a year um yeah i mean i think for now though like like taylor said we're trying to obviously purchase buildings with more units in them and ideally mm -hmm. um you know it'd be in our best interest to try and purchase more things that are more purpose-built like some of these 12 plexes or four plexes that are more purpose-built because i mean anytime that you're buying these you know makeshift duplexes or triplexes they've been cut up over the last 70 years and like with that comes a lot more management maintenance you know footsteps from any other unit coming through so it just gives us a lot more issues so now that we've kind of got the you know some of the smaller stuff like we'd really like to put together some mm -hmm. some bigger deals which is 
obviously why we bought that 12 plex and um, actively looking to purchase more. So very cool. So can you, can you walk us through maybe, you know, what the 12 plex looked like from a financial standpoint, like, you know, how you found it, you know, maybe the, the purchase price. And I don't, I think you guys are kind of in the process of it, but maybe your, your approximate estimations of what it's going to look like when it's done. Yeah, we, we found it off market. It was actually um, a deal that was listed on market a year and a half ago. And we, funny enough, I actually connected an investor with a really cheap fourplex in London, Ontario. And this kind of, and I guess to add to that, we only focus on one market, even though we're from London, we only focus on Chatham because it helps us just stay like, it's just a lot easier to manage. I know really I see a lot of investors going town to town, to town. Um, anytime I see something London, I've got a couple investors. I always just throw it out to them first. Um, so yeah, so we connected an investor with a fourplex and there's a motel next door. So the owner of that motel owned the 12 plex in Chatham just through converse, conversation she knew we wanted to buy a 12 plex in Chatham. And actually the partner that we wanted to purchase an apartment building with was at that fourplex one day and was just talking to the owner and was like, Hey, I've got a 12 plex in Chatham. I'm willing to sell. So it was like really strange coincidence. So yeah, we were able to purchase it off market. We were able to purchase it for uh, 1.1 million, which is um, really cool because uh, there's a couple of investors who have purchased uh, some of the ones next door to us for, far greater so we were able to get it um, under market value and it's it's definitely underperforming right now it's at about 60 percent market rent so there's a lot of room for growth and that's that's the plan really what we want to do is turnover units um and then like taylor said next year we want to refinance it we're kind of hoping to be just over that two million dollar mark with awesome. the refinance yeah I mean, it, the cool thing about, about five more and more units is that you, you can qualify from a commercial standpoint and it's, uh, it's based on the property more so than, than you guys, but it's about the net operating income, right? So, you know, working on increasing the gross income and decreasing the expenses and that with the cap rate essentially can, can create your value, which is, which is pretty awesome. You know, let's, let's talk about like just what you guys have. I mean, you've done, you've done so much, you know, so far, like, do you have like five-year goals or, or three-year goals of, of things that you, you want to accomplish that you guys have talked about? So we, so when I did Sarah Adder's coaching, the, basically that last week is like pick your five-year plan. So we had talked about like things that we wanted to do in five years. So like potentially have kids go travel and maybe own a bigger house, like different, different things like that. And we kind of broke it down to how much money we would need for each of those things within the five years. And then we broke it down again, um, which is like traction is like, you just break down everything. Um, so now we have quarterly goals that we try to meet and we still adjust them based on where we're at um, each month. So like the, the end of this quarter is happening um, really soon. So we kind of plan for the next quarter. Um, so whatever some of our goals for this, like for this whole, year, for this quarter, I'm just going to say. Yeah. For like, so like last quarter, we just had a goal. Hey, let's buy one or two buy and holds. We were able to, you know, uh, surpassed that we wanted to do a bunch of coaching we were able to um, get into that which was exciting and then we wanted to do some more like active income we just wanted to do one flip or one wholesale we did four wholesales um, but yeah like some like I think our five-year goal is really to just try and make this business as passive as possible because again like we're not really money driven it's actually one of the last things that drives us um, it's kind of hard to say that because obviously with real estate, there's just a bunch of money involved. Money, yeah. um, but for us, you know, what we really want to see with our life is like, we want to have a big family. We want to have like a nice house on a farm, like on a big piece of land where we can, you know, do everything um, at our house. We want to travel a lot more. So that's really where we're trying to, to pivot to. 
and and like that's why really why we obviously want to purchase some of these more like turnkey buildings where they're not um you know so close to being uh torn down <laughs> cool that's awesome well you guys are definitely well on your way and and, and you're doing you know plenty of, of things to you know take action and move forward which is which is great to see so the next part of the podcast is the lightning round. I'm going to ask you five questions that every guest that comes on gets as well. You can answer them separately if you want. If you have different answers, maybe we'll do that. And if you have the same answer, then that's cool too. Are you ready to play? Yeah. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right, question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? <laughs> uh, mine's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the reason it's a real estate investor book is like getting in front of you know off-market leads talking to tenants. It's a book that's really going to help educate you on like how to, you know, how to present yourself, how to deal with people who, you know, have emotions involved, all that sort of stuff. It's been instrumental in uh, my success for sure. Mm -hmm. cool. Minus traction. That was one of my recent ones, but I feel like I, I got a lot from that and kind of like systemized our life because of it. All right. Awesome. Good, uh, good choices. Question number two, this doesn't have to be real estate specifically, but if you are uh, listeners of podcasts, are there any that you recommend? It's not a real estate one and I'll say a real estate one, but one I've been like super interested in, which is crazy is Dateline. It's like a murder mystery <laughs> yeah. Ooh, podcast. Um, but the podcast, like I don't really listen to a whole lot of real estate podcasts anymore. And the reason being is like, and this happens a lot when I'm doing a lot of coaching is, you know, a lot of investors get hung up in a lot of this information. And I always just try, I like to really like to simplify things. So, but when I was listening to podcasts and there was a time where we were listening to maybe two or three a day, it was crazy. Andrew Hines was a big one for uh, Taylor and myself. That was the one that we kind of stumbled upon as well as bigger pockets. But I think for a lot of people who've listened to bigger pockets, obviously it's a lot more us driven and, you know, with Andrew Hines, at least like there was, there was guests on there that we knew. So it was kind of more inspiring. We, you know, we could see like, hey, this is a person from London who's grown a sizable portfolio. Maybe we can do this as well. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing for you, Taylor? Yeah. Okay, cool. Question number three, what did you do for fun aside from work and real estate? We like camping, um, being outside. So we got like a little blow up kayak a couple of years ago. <laughs> Taking like we have a, a beagle, so we go out for walks. Basically, when we were talking about this, we like we knew what the lightning five was, so we were like discussing what things we liked, and basically everything was to do with being outside. Yeah, being outside, being together, like just spending time with each other. Like that was that was one thing last year that we're trying to do differently this year is we were so heavily involved, like concentrated on growing a business. It was like, hey, like we're spending a lot of time together, but we're not spending like a lot of like quality time together. So now this year it's more like let's actually like take weekends off. Let's not work every single night and let's actually enjoy like the whole process because it's so easy to get caught up in like, I need to buy another property. I need to, 
renovate this property on a Saturday because it can't wait one more month or mm. whatever, right? And so now we're just trying to take a step back. Yeah, we've just been like booking an Airbnb every few months just to nice. go to a random place. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I mean, you got to enjoy the process along the way, right? I mean, otherwise you're going to come to your end goal and you'll look back and, and regret it. So good. Um, number four, if, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Uh, I would start with like a house hack and really try and, cause that was, that was a big thing for us. I mean, like saving 50, $80,000 at 20, 21 years old is like very difficult to do um, without maybe owning a business since you were 18. So I would try and get into a house hack, a property that's, you know, undervalued where you can go in there, increase the, you know, raise the value of the property. And then from there on, obviously I, I, it's hard to say this, but like, I would just do exactly what we did beyond that because it, 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 it worked for us. And I think, um, you know, it was a, it was a strategy that wasn't as risky for us. I mean, we were buying in a, in a market that cash flowed very well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And giving away, like we really became friends with a lot of the people in London that are investors. There was a, a really great investor community in London. So I think something that doesn't cost you any money is becoming friends with the people, not just acquaintances or like mm-hmm. networking, but like actually build, building real relationships yeah. with people because they also are very helpful. And it's, it's fun. I know you have a big investor community and like the empire girls and <laughs> empress. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's so important. And, and even just looking at like the top five, right? Like, like who do you hang out with the most other than your family in the top five, you'll, you'll be the average of that. So it is really cool when you're surrounded by other really successful, investors and you can bounce ideas off of each other over uh you know maybe some uh fire marshmallows s'mores yeah. and wine <laughs> yeah, exactly. good times for sure awesome last question if somebody has fifty thousand dollars and they want to get started how would you recommend they spend it uh i i think taylor and i can both say like would probably be the same answer i mean i would just try and learn as much as you can on like some of the free resources I don't think it's that important to get like, you know, hire a coach or, you know, get into a mentorship group when you're first getting started. Because again, um, I, I, we both truly believe real estate. I mean, at the low level, when you're buying duplexes, triplexes, it's, there's, it's not that complex, right? I mean, once you can really understand just how to run your numbers properly, it's quite easy. So I would just try and, you know, learn as much as I could and then use that $50,000 on a BRRRR project, maybe. And then that, at least that way, you know, you're going to be able to keep Uh, you're going to be able to use like the small sum of money you have to keep, you know, growing your portfolio. Awesome. Any, anything you want to add Taylor? Um, No, I think I feel like Jeremy kind of switched the questions for the first, like in the first situation or the question before was if you didn't have any money, you can't buy your first property. But if you have your $50,000 for sure, I would recommend a burr. If you don't have any money, then what can you do for free? Like basically like, so like talk to, work with other work yeah work with other investors for free maybe you're the working partner on a joint venture joint venture yeah and even like mandy mandy like mandy branham brought up a good point like joint ventures don't have to be 50 50 i mean it's very easy to just go to your family and friends and say hey if you buy a property you put in you put in everything i'll do all the work and all i get is 20 percent. and the reason why i'm not getting 50 is because i've never done this before but i believe there is an opportunity here if you can just trust me um, and, you know, just kind of break it down for them. That's a, that's another good way to get into it. You don't always need half of the cookie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's uh, very well said guys. This, uh, this was wonderful. Where can the listeners reach out, find out more about you? Where can, uh, where can they go? Instagram is probably the best. Um, mine is T-A-Y-L, Jean, J-E-A-N. 
mine's Jeremy Ivany. You'll uh, you'll see all my renovation projects, so you won't miss it. Very cool. And this is always the last question. Any final last words of advice? Maybe we'll have Taylor start first, and then Jeremy, you can finish with your last words of advice. Again. I think just getting into the community more than surface level. A lot of people, there's tons of people that are trying to like network online and it's, it's a lot more difficult right now with COVID, but there's a difference between people that are like just random people that are reaching you out on Facebook or Instagram versus people that like are genuine and want to provide value or learn from you. And you can get a lot more value back from somebody if you are being more of like a genuine and like building relationship with somebody than just being like, a regular surface level social media relationship, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> that, that, that is very, very true. Absolutely. Jeremy, what about you? Yeah, I would just try and simplify things. If you're, you know, if you're trying to get started, simplify things. Uh, like I said, we do a lot of coaching with new investors. And the first thing that I can always see is people are wrapped up in a lot of this information. And for the most part, it's very, you know, it's very basic once we can, you know, peel back the layers and really see, okay, like, what do we need? Okay, we need a deal and we need money. Well, I have money. I need to find a deal. Okay. So that should be really the only thing you think about. I remember going to a, uh, a lunch with a bunch of our two investors who were just eager to, you know, meet me and, you know, learn from me. And it, the, the, the biggest thing they got out of the conversation was stop listening to podcasts and start working with a realtor because it was just all of this. I'm, I'm looking online. I'm looking online at these deals. None of them make sense. And, you know, I said to them, like, have you went out and looked at the property? And they said, no. And I said, so how come you don't know if you can add a coach house in the backyard or a third unit in the basement, right? You're not going to see these things if you're not just, if you're just going to sit at home and think, well, it doesn't make sense on paper. So, you know, obviously I can't do it. So yeah. I just really simplify things. So I would, I've thought of something better <laughs> after you said that. Basically, I think if you made like one intentional step every week towards the goal. So if it is like, go see one property make a meeting with a realtor, whatever it is, one step, like not, that's not just sitting on your computer at home. You would eventually should be somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor, Jeremy, thank you so much for providing uh, tremendous value to, to my listeners and, uh, and, and sharing your, your insights and your knowledge and congratulations on your success so far. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com 
forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.